You know, that's my favorite song. Amen. And where I will ever be. And I said, if y'all are living when I die, be sure you sing victory in Jesus. Amen. 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 I really felt it. It's so good to be here this morning. And I tell you what, before we go any further, I'm going to ask Sister Linda if you don't mind. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, Lord, we just thank you for the new blessings. Yes. Lord, we just ask you to continue to look over us and protect us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you would heal those that need healing, that you would place for our hearts, Lord, and that anyone that is lost, that today might be the day that you yes. heal their broken spirit. Amen. Lord, I just pray that you would be with Brother Steve today as he brings a message. Yes. Lord, I just pray that you have something for each and every one of us in the words that, that he has. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with the teachers and the singers and those that play upon the instrument. Lord, I just pray a special prayer for Lake Seven. Yes, God. Lord, I just pray that you would be with Bo and good news next week. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you continue to Bless his heart and, and give him what he's sending me up to go through this illness and to get better. Lord, I just pray that in everything that's said and done, Lord, that you would come glory. All this in your precious name. Amen. You can be saved. Yeah, we have so many folks we need to pray for in there. Let's just pray for husband. Uh, but we need to continue to pray for him. And, and, and Brother Rock, continue to pray for him. There's so many that we need to lift up in prayers each and every day. But do you love Jesus this morning? Amen. Amen. I love Jesus. You know, Jesus can take care of every situation. Sure is. Just, just turn it over to him. Let's look to page, uh, page 391, if you don't mind. Oh, how I love Jesus.
can testify so many on so much how God loved me and so many blessings that He's given sure. because He loved me. Does anyone have a testimony or anything like this here before Brother Roger comes up and gives our hand back? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I need to make you cross. I have a way to just break your heart on some things that I know y'all have too. God But God was with me all the way. Amen. And he kept me in his help in me. There's nothing in this world that's any sweeter than that right there. Amen.
in his arms just take and steal me. I shall find myself there. And it's so good. We can find everything in Jesus. Everything we need, we can find in Jesus. Well, uh, anyone have anything before Brother Roger comes up? It's, again, it's so good to be here this Brother Roger, you call me from So good to be here already. Uh, just seemed like uh, it's just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus this morning. What better could it be than that? Um, uh, before I forget it, uh, I want to announce that because of the work we're doing in the back and stuff, uh, the Sunday school classes are going to stay out here today. So we won't have anybody back there in any kind of danger or anything. But, uh, it's so good to be here. Um, Y'all heard me say this before, but uh, I, I guess I have something in common with James Spann is I hardly ever sleep. Now, I know that man don't sleep much because he's on the 10.30 news and uh, he wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and he's on live doing a weather update and so, but uh, two or three years ago when I stood here and looked out there, there was six or eight people right over here and three or four right over here. That's all we had. And COVID was, COVID was rampant. And I really worried about our church. I worried about stuff like, whoa, how do you close a church? What would you do if, if, if it got to the point where there was one or two of us left? That's all that was left. And one night about 3 o'clock, I just laid there and I said, Lord, we've got to have some help. If you want Liberty Hill to keep going and be alive on that hill, you kind of help us. And look what he's done. Yes. I was filling out the Sunday school report for the association. And for this year, and, and we had several editions last year too. For this year, 14 people have joined by letter. Through by baptism. Amen. That's more than we had three years ago. That's a regular basis. So God blessed us. Uh, he hears our prayers. Amen. And uh, he answers our prayers. And uh, and now we gotta go. He's supplied what we need. And we've gotta go with it. So as as we do that, uh, let's just keep in mind that 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 through through the church, through God, and through Jesus, He's not gonna put something before us that we can't do. And and He's gonna help us where we need help. Uh, he opens the door. Uh, be like Abraham. Go through real quick. Exactly. Don't be like Lot have to be dragged through the door. Uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, incumbent upon us to, to be uh, a worker out in the fields because the fields are truly wide and the harvest. Right? Amen. And uh, the the devotion today. Um, oh, before I do that, let me ask you this: uh, in, in in finishing the, the uh, Sunday school letter. Um, there's a couple things I just wanted to ask y'all. Um, there's a section in there on our beloved 
uh, lost, the, one, uh, the ones that have passed away in the past year. And I got um, um, Betty Jo and I got Miss Bernice Tuck. Does anybody know of any other church member here at Liberty Hill that, that we have lost in the last year? Okay, and if, if not, if anybody needs a minute, they're $3 this year, and uh, if you'll let me know, I'll, I'll uh, put that in the letter and we'll send it in, uh, get, get that handled. Um, devotion today is from uh, Mount Chapter John. Real, real, real familiar. It's the story of the, the, the man who was blind from birth. And how Jesus, uh, he had an encounter with Jesus, and and uh, I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this to keep from doing it. Trying to do a lot of reading, but uh, he needed it. He wanted his sight. He desired to have his sight, and and Jesus spit on the ground and made a clay and put it on his eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, and and he did, and, and he 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 came up seeing. And Pharisees, they were always trying to entrap Jesus, I guess, and doing something that was against the, the, the Jewish law at the time. And, and um, so anyway, they questioned the man. And, and he told me, he said, you know, I'm the man who was, I was the beggar. I was the one that's sitting here all my life. I was blind from birth. And um, so they questioned his parents. And you know, at this time, it was really tough. Um, if you um, if you professed this new Christianity to the Pharisees, they could ban you from the temple, and and people didn't want to be banned from the temple, so they had to kind of measure the way they answered their questions. And they asked this man's parents, and uh, and they said, "He's our son, and he was blind from birth. We affirm that, and now he can see." And, and they said, we know not how. He says, but he is of age, ask him. So they asked him, and, and he told them basically the same thing. Uh, if you want to read along, it's um, uh, the ninth chapter, 23rd verse. He says, therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again they called him to the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Amen. Jesus had what he needed. Sure. He's got what we need. And, and to me, that just uh, that scripture just... Um, uh, it just come as I read it. It just kind of enlightened. It just made me feel better, knowing that that this man being blind his whole life, and and now he can see. Um, and I can't imagine what a blessing that would be to, to to not be able to have ever seen anything, and all of a sudden you can see. Um, I know a little bit about what it's like to be able to see pretty good and then not be able to see much, not, not be able to see well. Uh, but to, to be able to see for the first time, and it's just amazing. And that's what Jesus can do. He's got what we need. So uh, the songs this morning are wonderful. Uh, every one of those singing about Jesus and, and what he can do for us. So 
Uh, let's just keep the spirit going today. Amen. And uh, Amen. you got to, you know, the floor's open. You got a testimony anytime. God's moving on you. You're welcome to stand and give that. Uh, the altar's always open. You need to pray. You don't have to wait for somebody to say it's time to come to the altar if you need to. The altar's open. And you can come to pray anytime you want to. Um, anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take our Sunday school class? If not, we'll take our classes and I'll quit ready. Good morning, everyone. You have to forgive my throat this morning. I don't know if it was the wind or the dry air or both, but I'm, I don't have much of a voice this morning, so just bear with me. Uh, it's to see, good to see each one that's here this morning. I, I told Brother Steve after last Sunday's lesson, whew, I wish I could have taught on heaven. Uh, I know how you feel now sometimes, but uh, we got through that one last Sunday. But... Uh, we're in the, I've got my wrong place here. We're in 19th chapter, is that still right? Yeah, 19th chapter of Genesis. But if you would, I'd like you to turn to 2 Peter chapter 2 for just a moment. Um, to get all of us up to speed, uh, we're studying the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And actually there were five cities in all in the plain. And this is located on the south end of what's now the Dead Sea, which I think is, we'll see is significant as well. But uh, we, remember, we remember back several Sundays where Lot and Abraham just had too many cows and too many people and they couldn't get along. And Abraham told Lot to choose a direction. And he chose, he pitched his tent towards Sodom. But as time went by, we found he dwelled in Sodom. And then we find him at the gate. He works for the government of Sodom, we'd say today. And the Lord and two angels stopped by Abraham to let him know they're going to destroy that city. And Abraham, after working his way down from 50, asked if there were 10 righteous souls in those cities, would God not destroy them? And he said he wouldn't. But there wasn't 10. There wasn't 10. So the Lord stays with Abraham, and the two angels go to Sodom to deliver Lot and his family. And that's kind of where we pick up this morning. But I want to read in the second chapter of Second Peter what Peter had to say a little bit about Lot. And that's really the key to me, the lesson this morning. I guess if we were going to title it, it'd be Choices Have Their Consequences. Choices Have Their Consequences. But he said in verse 6, he's talking about, about uh, God, and I'll insert, and God turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. That's important too. He turned them into ashes. 
condemning them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot. But listen how he describes Lot. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I looked up the word vexed and some of the definitions was troubled, uh, distressed. The Bible says Lot was a righteous man, but he'd made uh, some very, very bad choices and it had tormented his righteousness. He had got off down in a place he never should have gone. Uh, we can look at Lot as being God's people, as a church person, who wound up way back out in the world again where they came from. And it tormented him. It just, it aggravated his soul. Uh, now, let, let me do it a little to me. If you'll excuse me, I'll bump on doctrine a little bit here, if that's okay this morning. As missionary Baptists, we believe that when a person is saved, they're saved, they're sealed. Uh, I like to say this, I couldn't unsave myself if I tried. I'm as good as there with eternal life. But I can vex my soul by my choices in this, my life. Yeah. I can make myself miserable. I can get to a place that I never dreamed I'd be around a group of people I thought I'd never be around. And we see to start with, Lot thought those people was his friends, but we, he found out real quick they really wasn't. They really wasn't. Real soon they said he wasn't a part of those guys. He ain't a part of us. He's righteous. We're wicked. That's what they were really saying. And that's really what I want us to focus on this morning is the consequences here we see of Lot's choices. Okay? Anyone a word trying to get us up to speed here from last Sunday? So kind of in the terms, if we as Christians find ourselves in a, a world like Lot did, if we're among these people and the things they're doing, if it don't bother us, if it don't vex us, we need to check up a little bit, I think. Um, because I think that God's people, the people we that are truly His, it's going to bother us to be in a situation where we see all this evil going on. And uh, uh, if it don't, then I, I, I'm a, I'd be a little bit worried. I'd be a lot worried. Yeah. You know the old saying, if you, or if you play with a rattlesnake long enough, eventually he'll bite you. Because he's a rattlesnake. That's what he does. If we play around with sin long enough as a saved person, eventually it'll bite us. Amen. Yeah, it'll bite us. It'll poison us. Now, I'm not talking about eternal security, but I'm talking about here in this life. Uh, it'll rob our joy, first of all, that joy that we have in Christ. But we'll see with Lot, it robs a lot of other things as well. Alright, so we will pick up... I guess verse 13 would be a good place to start. 
19th chapter of Genesis, 13th verse, and the angels are... Uh, let me back up to the 12th. Maybe that's better. The angels are telling Lot, we got to get out of here. We see again the urgency of the angels in doing what God told them to do. They had two things to do. Well, they were sent to destroy the city, but they couldn't do that till they got Lot and his family out of the city. So I can see them pulling them, pushing them, dragging them. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go. But verse 12, And the men, or the angels, said unto Lot, Hast thou any here besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. And if I can put in parentheses there, because none of it belongs here. Because none of it belongs here. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-laws. Now I have a question here. Didn't we read a few little while ago that uh, Lot was going to offer his virgin daughters? But here we see they're married. That doesn't compute, does it? Maybe Lot wasn't quite telling the truth. I don't know, but just, hmm. We'll go with a, hmm. Yeah. Slightly, if you go on over into Luke, uh, Joseph and Mary were a spouse. Mm -hmm. and, but it said, uh, it, it called Mary his wife. Remain. True. Uh, and, and Joseph, the husband. So, even though they haven't, they, you know, they haven't consummated the marriage, um, there is, you know, there's that little window of possibility. But, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-law, which married his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, "Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city." But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And there's the first thing we see Lot's lost, and that's his influence. They laughed at him. Yeah. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to show some godliness in his life now. But they're not having it. They're not having it. He's lost his influence with his son-in-laws. He's saying, oh, oh, all this, all this. Well, no, I ain't seen that in your life. You've just been down here sitting at the gate in Sodom like everybody else. So the first thing it cost him, by, and I'll say this, by not staying with God's people, back with Abraham, it cost him his influence. He had no influence with his son-in-laws. If he didn't have any with his son-in-laws, he probably didn't have any much with anybody. Yeah. So it cost him his influence, <clears throat> which is true with us. Uh, first thing, the first thing the world would say if I was to get out and make the mistakes Lot made was, you're a hypocrite. How can you say you're God's child and you love God and you're doing all this? You're living in Sodom. And that's the first thing that we will lose 
When we make really bad choices in our Christian life, we'll lose our influence with people and our family. Yeah. Was it um, Paul that said to flee from the appearance of evil? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if uh, if there was a, a bar in town that you know was just a rowdy place, and I went in there all the time because they had the best chicken wings I ever saw, and people see me coming out of that place mm -hmm. constantly. My influence has probably been compromised right there. Yeah. So if it's an evil, the flee from evil, the appearance of it. Yeah. I can spend 40 years building up influence and ruin it in about four minutes. You know, that's not fair, even though you don't like that saying, I know. But that's, that's the way it is. It takes a lot longer to build influence than it does tear it down. Yeah, we have to be so careful. You know, there, there's some sins that Paul said to run from. Get away from them. Just, just put some distance between you and it. Yeah. But here he's lost his influence with his family. Because I think he really does know this city's going to be destroyed. I don't think there's any doubt in Lot's mind. He knows what's going to happen. But he can't do anything about it. Not to his family. Someone else. <clears throat> and when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, and while he lingered, why would Lot hesitate? He hated to leave his other family behind. He hated to leave his position. He was a, he was a ruler at the gate here. They were living in a nice three-bedroom, two-bath house. And they were going to have to leave all that. So maybe he had two daughters that lived with him that were unmarried. Maybe and so. And daughters that were married that were not in his household. Yeah, possible. But even though I think Lot knew that city was going to be destroyed, he just really didn't want to turn loose of it. See his righteous soul vex? See it tearing him? His flesh wanting to stay, but his righteous soul knowing these men were going to destroy this city. Yeah. But he hesitated. And as we said earlier, the men laid hold of his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of the two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. I think partly because of Abraham, those angels were going to drag him out if they had to. Kicking and screaming, they were going to get him out of Sodom. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. So I just almost cartoonish see those angels pulling and pushing and just, we got to go, we got to go, come on, we got to go. Verse 17, And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, <coughs> one of the angels said to the lot, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, 
Neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So, I look at the plain as being a very flat place, right? And the mountain being up higher where it's going to be safe. All right, so they're giving Lot a way out. Verse 18, And Lot said unto them, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Behold, now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. He's now trying to negotiate his escape. The angels have drug him out. I don't want to go. Where he wanted to go, there were actually five cities in this plain. Sodom, Gomorrah, and I can't remember the other two's name. But the one he wanted to go to was called Zor, or would be called Zor. Z-O-A-R. He didn't want to go to the mountain. He wanted to go to the Zor. He's begging not to destroy Zor, let him go there. Now, why would he do that? Well, one of the things I came across that was interesting, because he got to sit at the gate in Sodom, he would be able to sit in the gate at Zor. So he might could still have his three-bedroom, two-bath house in Zor and not have to live in a cave in the mountain. Boy, the Lord was merciful to Lot. They drug him out. Then he's negotiating where he's going to go. And in verse 21, And he said unto them, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city for that which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou be come thither. Therefore the name of that city was called Zor. All right. So they've agreed, the angels have agreed to that. They won't destroy this little small city, Zor. And then we change topic to the actual destruction. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. They didn't start till Lot was where he was going to go. They couldn't do it till he was safe. And it said, And the Lord rained fire, oh, and the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Now it's interesting to, to dig into this a little bit. Remember back when we were having the battle between Abraham, the five kings, and the four kings, and all that. And they mentioned the pits around Sodom. They were a type of asphalt. And there was a lot of bitumen. I think that's pronounced correctly there. Now, I don't have, to, I don't have scripture for this, but just in my mind, things caught on fire. Big time. 
I don't know, earthquake, explosion, whatever the Lord chose to do it. Uh, but I believe there was a massive event happened here. Uh, I almost could look like it like a volcano. Um, but, it, but, but something was in the air that came down. And I think that's the best way I can I try to think about this is like, almost as if a volcano erupted with all that asphalt and all that bitumen. And it literally did rain down fire and brimstone, burned everything. And it's also interesting, we'll see later, this is where the Dead Sea eventually becomes. Okay? The, one of the largest bodies of water in the world where there is no life in it. And we'll get to why in a few minutes. It was on the south end of it where this happened. So I think, I think something major definitely happened here that changed the landscape. But, I've always been that mind that wants to figure out everything. And I was flipping through TV channels one night and I saw a thing that said, um, um, how Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. Mm -hmm. So I had to click on that button, you know, and <laughs> see what happened here. And it said that uh, scientists had determined that there was an asteroid that hit the mountains over around Nepal and ricocheted off and broke into pieces and hit the cities down there and burned. And I, I kind of chuckled. I was, I was sitting there by myself and I said, well, you know, if that's the way God chose to do it, that's fine with me. But it just seems like, uh, you know, it, it, in a scientific way of thinking, it really seems odd that that asteroid could hit something several hundred miles away, break into pieces, and hit individual cities and destroy them. It just seemed a little bit far-fetched. So, you know, my scientific mind on that would just kind of chuckle and said, okay, really? That's what you came up with, huh? It always amazes me that scientists try to figure everything out. What they don't realize is God is on his throne, and he can make the Ten Commandments and tell us to live by And then they can do anything, you know, he wants to. God is God, and they don't realize that. But this we know for sure. The Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And I think here, the heaven being the atmosphere, the heavens. Not from heaven as we think where God lives, but the atmosphere. So like you, Brother Roger, whatever happened, it happened. He did it. But it said, and this is important, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. And, and in my mind, here again, I almost look like, think about the, uh, you know, when you have a volcano, the lava flow, how it just takes everything in its path and burns it. I think this was, again, similar to that. And I think that's why they wanted to go to the mountain. It was higher. I think almost like a flood, where it floods the whole valley. They had to get up above that. Okay? But, verse 26, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. 
first question is how far behind him was she, I wonder? Was she right there behind him? Was she a good ways behind him? <coughs> Seems like a bit of a drastic punishment, except for two problems. Number one, they were commanded to not look back. But, but as we say a lot of times, I think more than that, it was a matter of the heart. She looked back longing to go back, I think. She still, big part of her was torn. She, could, she couldn't turn loose, we'll say, of the world of Sodom. She just couldn't turn loose of it. So Lot's lost his influence. He's lost his home. And now he's lost his wife. This decision to pitch his tent towards Sodom's getting expensive, isn't it? Getting really costly. Yeah. Now, now interesting, he said, pillar of salt. Why is the Dead Sea the Dead Sea? It's the saltiest lake on earth. If you can't float anywhere else in water, you can float in the Dead Sea all day long. It is so salty, nothing can grow in it. And in the mountains around Sodom, there are great veins of salt. So I know a lot of times you, you might see the picture of, of his wife turning into a statue. But what's probably more important with her is the destruction caught up with her. I think of a, 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 a pillar as being you know, large. Like in a, a large building, you got those great big pillars out front. But I think being turned to salt, she was caught in the destruction. She got too far behind, and it caught up with her. Yeah. The other great veins of salt in that area now. So look at what is costing Lot here. She, she just couldn't turn loose of it completely. You think by now Lot's regretting his decision a little bit he made a few years ago? You would think so, yeah. A couple more verses this morning. We're just about out of time. It says, And Abraham got up early in the morning, Sister Nell. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I know you did to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of that plain and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. I think he could just see it rising. Yeah. Knowing that land had been destroyed. Yeah, just as he was told. And I guess he wondered about Lot. And his family. Yeah. And you think about Abraham for a minute. He, he gave Lot the choice to go any direction he wanted. And he chose a bad direction. Yeah. He's still making bad choices. He's still making bad choices. He's right, Sister Linda. But I know that, that had to hurt Abraham's heart to know his nephew had suffered so much loss. Yeah. 
because of his nephew's really bad choices. Yeah. And are we any different? Nope. Made out of the same material. So regardless of what the sin is, whether it's, I don't know, drugs, alcohol, adultery, whatever, you know, it, it's hard for people to turn that loose and get away from it, even though they know that's what needs to be done. Uh, and just as, as Lot negotiating terms of his, you know, do we not do the same thing? Regardless of what the sin is, well, if you just let me, just let me hang on to this, you know, just let me keep mm -hmm. up with this, and I'll, I'll do the rest that's, that's needful. But in the end, um, if we don't, if we don't turn total away from it mm -hmm. and leave it completely behind, then it continues to have hold on us. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we, we've got to cut the head off the snake as the saying goes, or it'll bite us. I want to read out of Luke some words that are in red, and this is some tough scripture. I won't deny that. It's some real tough scripture. I'll, I'll just read it if you want to. It's in the ninth chapter. But, uh, but Jesus was speaking, and it says, And he said unto another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid farewell to them at my home. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That's a tough scripture. But we see in Lot's case, where the righteous person falls back in sin again, it cost him. It cost him. It cost him his influence, his wife, his son-in-laws, his home, all those things because of his choices. Yeah. And once we lose influence with a person, it's so hard to get it back. Yeah, it's so hard to get it back. You know, uh, when, when we read about the qualifications for a deacon, one of them's blameless. Blameless. Nothing that somebody can drag up and hang on them. Yeah, it's a high, high standard. Yeah. And that's a hard one. But we've got to be so careful with our influence with people because we are the light of the world with Christ in us. And we can... Put it, we can try by well, we can try by allowing the world back in our lives. We can cover that light up with that bushel basket where the world can't see it anymore. Yeah. yeah. What should we strive to be? As I mentioned earlier in closing, where I want to be that type of person that if God's got a special job, He'll say, oh, "I want Him to do that one. I can count on Him." That's what we all should strive to be. That God can count on us to take care of a project. Yeah. He has confidence in us. And I know we fail. Our righteousness is filthy rags. But I got something in me better than that now. I have His righteousness in me. Yeah. So let's be careful. Don't turn back into sin.